I've just learned more like empathy. Like if if you want a practice in empathy, yeah. make a bracelet for someone is beautiful because they're sharing with you what's really going on in their life. Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another incredible episode of For the Love of Money. I am really excited because I'm sitting down in person with my friend, Chris Pan. Now, most of you probably know who he is already. He's the founder of My Intent, you know, the incredible bracelets that are famous for asking, what's your word? You know, where you get to choose your word, one that means so much to you and have it stamped right into them so you can be reminded of it all the time as you wear it. Now, here's what's cool. Chris went from personally working with Mark Zuckerberg, teaching him Chinese at Facebook, to then traveling the world everywhere and realizing that he wanted to fulfill his passion through more like spirit-seeking startups, like the multi-million dollar My Intent bracelet company, the juggernaut that he started himself that everybody's wearing right now. Now, the journey of My Intent is such a fascinating one in itself because it started as a hobby, turned into a small fundraising activity and something for friends to do to go a little bit deeper when they got together. And then all of a sudden led to celebrities everywhere wearing Chris's bracelets and being featured on the Today Show multiple times and on the cover of Time Magazine and everywhere else you look. You can't miss these things. But what I love the most about Chris is not just his massive success, but quite honestly, it's the same thing that you're going to love him about him too as we get through this interview. And that is how he is equally as kind as he is smart. I am telling you, he is a rare and special individual. And I'm really grateful to not only call him a friend, but to have him on this show right now. So get ready as we take you on a journey of finding your purpose, Surviving the roller coaster of entrepreneurship, as you're going to hear through his story, and really leaving your mark in the way that you were meant to on this amazing world. And real quickly, Chris himself blessed us and came and taught at our Fast Foundations Mastermind, the one that is for early stages and entry level entrepreneurs. Well, the first round of Fast Foundations was purely an experiment to see if we enjoyed doing it. And it turned out we loved it almost more than anything else that we do. And so we're doing another one. And if you're an entrepreneur and you want to be personally mentored by Lori and I and our team and all of our celebrity entrepreneur friends in person for five months, then go check it out. Fastfoundations.com. But it's half filled up already because over half of the last group renewed for this next one. So as soon as this episode's done, I want you to rush over to fastfoundations.com, check it out. If you love it, claim your spot because they're going to go quickly. And we want to work with every single entrepreneur who is just getting started all the way up to $499,000 a year. Fastfoundations.com. We'll see you over there. All right, Chris Pan, my friend, thank you for being here, not only in spirit, but in person. I love recording in person better. Absolutely. Thanks so, for having me. Of course, man. My pleasure. I've been looking forward to this because I love what your brand represents and I love the story behind it. Now, before we get to that really good stuff, 
I always start with a rapid fire. It's just a, a, like a fun way to warm you up and get the listeners to get to know you in a hurry. And if something really good comes up, then we'll circle back around and do a deep dive. Does that sound good? Great. All right. So first question, real easy. Where'd you grow up? Uh, Taipei until a seven and then Cincinnati, Ohio after that. That is an extreme difference. Yeah. <laughs> Taipei, Taiwan. <laughs> Where do you live now? Uh, Los Angeles, down the street. Right down the street from me. Favorite quote? Uh, follow your heart no matter what. Mm, love that. What's one of your superpowers? Uh, figuring stuff out. Oh, that's resourceful as it can be. I love that. What's one of your favorite books? Uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Yep. And what is one thing you're challenged by right now? Getting myself to actually uh, create content. Oh, yeah. I, I can, I, that like ebbs and flows for me. Okay, a couple more here. What is one of your all-time favorite accomplishments? I guess getting this My Intent Project off the ground. Yeah, well, that's something to be proud of. That's for sure. Uh, two more. What is something generous you've done recently? Something generous I've done recently. Oh, man. Just spent time with people giving, you know, just listening, giving advice. I love that. Helping people out. I love that. That's awesome. Last but not least, what are you grateful for today? Uh, Grateful for health and for being here. This is such a nice... uh, nice opportunity. I love it. Well, number one, I'm grateful that you're here today. And I love your story that you shared at the Mastermind when you came and taught there. Thank you for that, by the way. How you were unfulfilled and something needed to change in your life. And that's how my intent was born. Would you mind taking us back there and telling that story? Yeah. So I had left Facebook in 2012, was traveling with my then girlfriend around the world. Uh, On the surface, everything looked beautiful. Um, you know, I had money in the bank account. I was financially free, but deep down inside, I was feeling pretty empty, unfulfilled. I was in a relationship I didn't know how to handle. Didn't have the relationship skills that I wish I had. Didn't have the self awareness um, skills, and ended up breaking up. Went through a difficult time. Uh, somebody I met who actually fired me. I don't know if I mentioned that the other day, but he then told me I should go check out this thing called the Hoffman Process, which is up in Napa. It's seven days of deep inner work. And that uh, was the beginning of a new journey, a new chapter. And I had sort of an inkling that there was something that where I was plateauing and I was blocked career-wise and personally. And that, um, that week made me realize it was all around a lack of spending time doing inner work. And I think you know I've heard quotes where just because you get more money mm-hmm. doesn't make you happier if you don't have the tools like they're actually different things. I think oh. Tom Bilyeu said this once. I remember him saying it really passionately, saying, "Just because you know I got more zeros in my bank account, all my insecurities, all my issues, all my past hurts. If you don't address those, uh, they're still there. Now the money helps because they can help you get resources to go address them. They can give you more time to go address them, but you still got to go do the work." Yeah, that's so true. So you had a dream job. Can you expand a little bit on your Facebook career? I spent time there uh, just trying to grow different aspects of the platform. And so was working on advertising, worked on user growth. When user growth stalled, I taught myself how to pull data and figured out why user growth wasn't um, happening anymore. Spent a bunch of time working with Mark Zuckerberg, helping him learn Mandarin actually for about a year. That was uh, incredible getting to spend time with him. That culture is such a mission-driven, impact-focused culture. And I've never experienced anything quite like it. And I think that's been a huge influence on me building the My Intent Project. Has that spilled over into how you run your company now? 100%. Yeah. So we're going to go there in a moment, but I want to go back to where you were feeling unfulfilled and you just kind of went right into, well, it's because I wasn't doing self-development. Let's go a little bit deeper there. What were you really feeling in the moment? Why did that relationship not work out? And describe to us what this hole or this gap felt like. 
I didn't have a sense of purpose other than having a lot of money and time on my hands. Uh, what was I doing with my life? The relationship lacked skills on both sides. I think both of us had a lot of growing up to do in terms of how to manage the ups and downs of emotions. Simple things like, you know, if you go to any relationship one-on-one coach, they would teach you things like, hey, if somebody, if your girlfriend comes to you with a problem, one response could be to try to solve it for them. The other response could be to give them a hug. Yeah. And I had no idea that actually most of the time she just wanted a hug. Yeah. And I would try to start solving her problem. She'd get upset. And then I'd be like, well, why'd you come to me with this? And we just didn't speak each other's language and I couldn't understand what she needed. And there were so many basic things that, in hindsight, if I would have known that relationship could have been a whole different um, type of relationship. Yeah, it's interesting. I've learned this being with Lori for 16, 17 years now. She doesn't want me to solve her problems unless she specifically asks me to. She really just wants somebody to listen and provide space yeah. right, for her to either vent or solve her own problem or, or just to know that somebody cares. So I totally get that. All right, so you're... We're Listening is a discipline. Oh, it is. Listening takes so much practice. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so here you are working directly with Mark Zuckerberg, which yeah. most people would dream of. Yeah. And you're unhappy and you go to this... Well, the, uh, the job was great, but yeah. I left. And then I was like, well, now what? Because the reason I went to Facebook was I loved the product and I'd hope to financially retire yeah. um, at a younger age than normal. And I hit those goals. But then after that, um, I was like, okay, now what? Yeah. You know, so I was kind of looking for my next mission, looking for the next opportunity. How, how did you exit? Did you just literally say, peace, I'm out of here, I'm not happy? Or? Yeah, I kind of... Just, you know, after four years, I was vested and I um, just uh, said, I think it was time. So what was next after that? Just, it was, it was traveling. I mean, I, I just did traveling. I uh, started, you know, there are different companies had been wanting me to have me join them as a you know, C-level executive. Um, so I started talking to different companies, started just doing some soul searching on what I thought uh, the world needed more of, what I wanted to spend my time on. And it took, it took a while. How long did you travel? Two months internationally, and then another four months domestically. Most amazing place you visited? Uh, probably Halong Bay in Vietnam. Best lesson you took from all that traveling? Uh, pace yourself. Mm. I was doing, we were doing a different city every few days mm. and it was exhausting. And I can't tell you, probably a month in, I could not stand another museum. Yeah. Because you know, basically the routine was land somewhere, go to the museums, go to the typical tourist places, about three, four days in, you're like, okay, I got to go where, where to next, book another flight, book more hotels. And after a while, it's the grind. And also not having um, your own space because mm-hmm. when you're with someone and you're traveling that intensely, not having routine, you're eating out all the time and you're having different foods, which are amazing, but you're always splurging because you're always mm-hmm. getting something amazing um, in every location. But your body, at least my body, couldn't really handle it well. All right. So, so far you've had a pretty epic life, but there's this missing piece and you realize it's self-development. So what was next? So it was, the I ended up at the Hoffman doing a week of deep inner work. And then from that, I met a lot of people who recommended additional things like improv class, mm-hmm. um, like meditation, like uh, additional workshops. And then I started incorporating more movement, more mindfulness. Oh, and I started working with a coach. Mm -hmm. And one of the most impactful things my coach taught me was just to slow down. Mm. Because I used to pack my schedule, like jammed. This is a theme for you. Yeah. Showing up. Type A. Yeah. Like how how you traveled, same way. It's it's time to slow down and enjoy. And, And that, somebody had to teach me that. I didn't know how to just leave my schedule open. And then when I did that, um, amazing people came into my life, people that taught me stuff. And I just, I started 
just being a different person. Mm, I love that. So how was my intent born? Was that immediately afterward? So I started hosting gatherings that were like micro retreats mm-hmm. um, where we would have people come and we would do some Tai Chi, some meditation, maybe some yoga, um, painting, and then we'd make these bracelets. And one of um, the, the thing that really stuck with people was this bracelet thing. Because you know all the other stuff people would do, but and I didn't quite realize what was happening. And I think that's kind of true with um, life. A lot of times you don't know what actually is the thing that you're going to work on until you just do it and it kind of um, presents itself later. And I'll just kind of segue back to, you know, when Mark's, uh, I actually met Mark Zuckerberg when I was at Harvard Business School and he was an undergrad. And he had started Facebook and we had this meeting in my dorm room at Hamilton Hall on the business school campus. And he was way more passionate about this thing called Wirehog. And it was like a peer-to-peer file sharing service. Kind of like back then it was like it was like Napster and then BearShare. It was that whole genre. He was way more passionate about that. He thought that was the future. He thought Facebook was just this little thing that (laughs) was just like, it was cute, but he didn't think that was the main thing. And I think it's interesting, you know, kind of in parallel, like I never thought my intent was the main thing. Mm -hmm. I thought, but I didn't know what was the main thing I was kind of looking for. But it's kind of interesting that as you do, you just kind of, you notice what has momentum and that ends up being the thing that you know takes off. So you start hosting these little gatherings, little dinner yeah. parties, little meditation retreats, and you would make these bracelets. And for anyone who has not seen them, by the way, I think the whole world has seen them at this point, but for anyone who has not seen them, it's a washer yeah. on a string uh-huh. with a word printed on it that means something to that individual. So for example, mine says abundance. Uh-huh. I guess that should be obvious, right? What does yours say? This one says mentor. All right. So we're talking a very simple, simple product here. Anybody could have made this, right? Yeah. All right. So why do you think that was one of the most popular parts of when you would gather with people. Because we challenged every person to figure out their own word. Mm. So it, it, it took the conversation from shallow to some inner thinking. To deep um, inner work. Yeah. And just like that. When did you know that it's going to go from an activity to a company? Much later. I mean, it, it was like a series of... People intervening in my life that took it to where it is now. Take us through that a little bit. Because I mean, every person that listens for the most part is an entrepreneur with a dream that's yet to be born or a dream that has recently been born and they're just barely getting momentum. So like, give me a couple of those crucial moments. Or those so crucial for example, I used to only make these for free at my house for a year. And a friend um, was hosting a fundraiser and said, hey, can you come and make these and we'll take donations. Yeah. And that was the first time we ever took money in exchange for the bracelets and all the money went to the cause. Mm-hmm. Um, but we raised $2,500 in three hours. That's amazing. It's like, whoa, like, you know, people... And, and they loved it. Yeah. They were raving about it. Um, so that was a big aha moment. And then over the summer, I, was, uh, I had a friend that was looking for something to do to make some extra income. And I was like, hey, why don't you try this? And it, and it kind of worked. That's amazing. Okay, yeah. so it went from there to what was the next step to making this an actual tangible company? Yeah, it was... It was um, this showing up at a uh, like a farmer's market. Mm-hmm. So I had a friend who kind of did this at the farmer's market and then also uh, launched a website. Wow. And, and, then, and then my friend realized it wasn't really his thing. Yeah. But um, I kind of took it back and I was like, okay, well, I'll just, I'll hire someone to like just, it's my like give back to the world. Yeah. It's like a little side thing. I was actually way more passionate about a t-shirt company at the time. <laughs> and, um, but then this just, this is what had momentum and the t-shirt thing was kind of a mess. There's a lot of t-shirt companies out there and I realized there's nothing quite like what we're doing the way we're doing it. This is already out there in select circles, in like the arts and crafts circles on Etsy. You'll see a lot of this, but it hadn't kind of crossed the mainstream. Yeah. And 
And I think what we've done is kind of taken it from a niche to the mainstream. Like I always think about like Starbucks, right? Howard Schultz coffee has been around for a long time. It was this thing, but he kind of recreated the whole experience. And what we've done is we've created the personal growth experience around um, this quote unquote technology. So you're not selling a bracelet with a washer on it. You're selling an experience. We're selling uh, an inner journey. Yeah. Yeah. For people. And we're selling an inner journey and an intentional conversation with a reminder of the thing that you're most needing to work on. Chris, do you know how empowering and how freeing this is for so many people listening? Because right now they say things like, well, no one's going to want my product or people are already doing it or, you know, the insert excuse here, except you took something that's already being done and you took something that isn't being charged a lot of money for at that time. Because now they go for what, $25 to $35 yeah, per like each one. And you turned it into a movement, therefore giving it its value. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. I love that. It's, am- it's amazing. Because everyone else permission to take whatever their idea is and get a little bit more creative with it and turn it into a movement. Okay. So I really want to talk about this journey because you've got a couple stories in there that I absolutely love. One of them is a couple of different times while you're really struggling to get the revenue to grow and you're really struggling to get this thing to take off sales-wise, you thought you had gotten a couple of really big breaks. Could uh-huh. you describe one of those, quote, big breaks to us? Yeah, I had met Jay-Z at a uh, private members club here in West Hollywood and made him a bracelet. He loved it. He wanted. He said, hey, can you um, come make these for my friends at my brunch? So I ended up making it for Beyonce. She wanted the word surrender. Rihanna wanted the word faith. And Kanye wanted the word uh, beautify. Wow. And after the brunch, I thought somebody would tweet about it or somebody would post a photo and nothing happened. And I said, okay, well, maybe, maybe it's not going anywhere. And, uh, sales had, and at this point, we weren't really running Facebook ads. We were just, it was kind of word of mouth. How much was sales at this point? I mean, like a hundred bucks a day or something. Yeah. Not three grand a month. Uh, Yeah. Okay. It's like barely hanging on. Barely. Like we had a couple people part time, like a few. I mean, when we first started, it was just, um, someone, would have it in her living room and she would just make whatever orders came in and it'd be like three orders a day. That's amazing. amazing. Nothing. I got to a point where, you know, we were doing like 40 bucks a day or something. I was like, okay, this is probably not going anywhere. And it's probably going to just, I'm going to dial it down. Cause at this point I had rented uh, some like office space. Yeah. And I was going to just put it back in someone's living room and just wind it down. Like you're about and, to uh, take your foot off the gas on this. Yeah. Train. I was going to like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is, it's cute, but it's a little passion project. It's a little side thing, but I'm not going to put my effort behind it. And uh, I was in Bali at the time doing some meditation and looking for my next thing. I thought I was going to go work on like clean water or something else I was passionate about. And uh, I remember the last day I opened up my Instagram and there was a picture of Kanye West wearing his bracelet on the cover of the Time 100. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Did you freak out? Yeah. That was, that was pretty wild. <laughs> now I've seen the picture. It's, it's super badass. It's really cool. Did you have an immediate spike in sales? What happened when you got on the cover of Time? A little, actually, nothing. Um, nobody knew what it was because we were tiny at this point. There was just this thing on his wrist. Yeah. Uh, I had one friend who had a small blog named uh, Benny it's Next Shark. Mm-hmm. And if you Google the article, um, you know why Kanye is wearing a twelve dollars bracelet you know, on the cover of Time. The article's still there. And I called him and I, or I was still in Bali at the time. I was in Singapore. And I said, did you see this? And he's like, huh? He's like, can you give me the backstory? I, just gave him, I fed him like three lines. Mm-hmm. And then he wrote a little article on his blog. We got a little pickup in sales, at least a lot more than the 40 bucks we were doing the day before. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't like crazy, you know, but it was the kind of like right amount for us at the time. Cause had we exploded, like we didn't have the whole supply chain to, yeah. to do it anyway. So what 
did what sales did come in actually stretched us and and that's been a theme too is you know every time you get a little spike you kind of have you get stretched and then it kind of comes down and then you get stretched and every time you get a little bit bigger and a little bigger and those stretching times can be very painful and stressful mm. but in hindsight that's kind of where all the growth comes from you just got to make sure you build in some recovery okay so i really want to paint this picture for everybody you were doing about 100 bucks a day dropped down to about 40 bucks a day Here's Kanye with his bracelet. I mean, the picture was so intentional. It's amazing. On the cover of Time. And what do sales jump to? This spike that stretched you. Do you remember? It was like, it, was, it just felt like a lot. Yeah. For, relative to where we were. 500 bucks a day, 1,000 bucks a day. Yeah, maybe. Okay. For, like a, for like maybe a week. And, and then, then it, it kind of came back down. down. Yeah. You know, but at least that gave us more momentum. And then it, I think the excitement that came from that, even for the team, like gave us a renewed sense of you know belief. It was like a sign that said, don't quit. That's kind of how I took it. It was like, this doesn't happen every day. So it wasn't a financial windfall. It was an energetic boost yeah. to keep going. Yeah, it was an energetic boost. And it gave us a great talking point for, you know, at events or people just got excited, more excited about the brand, even though they may not have purchased right away, but it gave kind of this halo effect. So now you're trudging along trying to make sales. What was the next time that you thought this was your big break? Uh, I met the producer of the Today Show mm-hmm. and at a, um, at a, a conference where we had a booth with no furniture and they had this grand, amazing Today Show booth. And this is a picture I saw where you literally just printed out on white computer paper, like your sign. It, it yeah, took yeah. like five sheets to make a big sign, right? Yeah. I wish people could see this picture. We'll try and put it in show notes. It's amazing because it was such freedom once again to just make anything. We didn't care. And, yeah, <laughs> In terms of care. how the look is, I believed in the product. I know when we can connect people to their intention, they have a magical moment. Um, it doesn't need all the bells and whistles around it. It doesn't need fancy signage and furniture and all that stuff because we didn't have budget for it. But Chris, this is so important because so many people get hung up. They get an opportunity like this and they say, well, I, I don't have a fancy booth, so I'm not going to go because everyone else at this big Today Show thing, they have fancy booths and I'm going to look stupid. So they don't go and they miss this opportunity. You win anyways. I mean, I saw you guys are sitting on the floor with this janky beginner sign yeah. printed up on paper. And you didn't care, did you? No. I because, love that. Because, you know, if you're a good singer, like you don't need like all the lights. Like if you believe in what you do, like you just go do it. Okay. I love it. So you're there. What happened? Uh, I met the producer. I met a few folks from the Today Show, made them bracelets, exchanged emails, didn't think much of it. Uh, a couple of days later, the producer from the Today Show emails me and says, Hey, um, it was great meeting you. Uh, there's something, um, you know, janky with my bracelet. Can you come take a look? Can you fix it? And I was like, oh, well, actually, I'm a few blocks away. Um, I'm happy to pop over. So I pop over. She's super excited. Introduces me to everyone in the office. And uh, of course, I had my kit with me. So that's the other thing is always be doing your magic, whatever it is. Um, have it with you because I've definitely met entrepreneurs who don't bring their thing with them. And I'm like, well, if you're gonna, you know, be able to do your thing, like you got to have it with you all the time because you never know. When you're going to have the opportunity, you got to always be ready. Right? Carry your magic with you. Yeah, they they, they say what um, luck is opportunity meets hard work or something yeah, like that. Meets preparation. Preparation. Yep. Yeah, you always got to be prepared, right? Because you just don't know when you're going to run into <laughs> Jay Z or yeah someone. So I happened to be a few blocks away. Uh, went up there, um, and then all of a sudden, I'm making all these bracelets in the micro kitchen or in the kitchen of the Today Show. And then I noticed there's a camera rolling. I think she had gotten one of the camera guys and, and all of a sudden they started filming. And she's like, hey, can you um, do a proper interview uh, in a couple of days? I said, of course. Do the interview. A week later, so they're like, okay, get ready. We're going to air it this uh, Sunday. This is like on like Thursday. And then Friday, I get an email back. It's like, oh, actually they pushed it. Like we're not you know, um, going to air it this week, but next week. So that happens probably four or five times. 
And you're thinking this is about to be your big break. Oh yeah. And so I got the whole team ready. I'm thinking like, oh my God, get ready, buckle up. This is going to be crazy. Um, thank goodness, uh, you know, it kept not happening because we were nowhere near ready. We had no <laughs> idea what we were in store for. <laughs> um, so after about a month of this, uh, they stopped emailing and I was like, oh, you know what? The interview must have bombed. And they probably were just saying this just to keep me, um, just to be nice, but they're never going to air it. This is never going to happen. So we had a decent holiday season. We we're doing a few thousand dollars uh, a day at that point. So during the holidays, this is like our peak season. Yeah. Uh, December nineteenth, I think we did a couple less than two thousand. Mm-hmm. I remember the chart. Yeah. I think it was like nineteen hundred bucks or something. Yeah, and then uh, I wake up uh, the next day. This is December twentieth, and it was like a quarter of a million dollars <laughs> in one day while in, you're sleeping. While like yeah, I woke up and I was like. Holy cow. <laughs> Did you think this is a mistake or I just, you didn't I was, know it aired, right? I was right? really confused. I opened up my email and I have an apology letter from the producer saying, I'm so sorry. Um, I, I wish I would have told you, but they didn't tell me. They just decided to pull the segment um, <laughs> like at 3 a.m. or something. And air it. Yeah. But it was like the, the Sunday before Christmas. Listen, I'll take an apology letter anytime that says, I'm so sorry <laughs> that we gave you a quarter million dollars in sales while you're sleeping. Yeah. We were, we were backlogged for a month and that stretched us. Um, and the cool thing is because it was... People knew they weren't getting it in time for Christmas, so yeah. people were like kind of laid back. And we sent we sent them goodies. We apologized profusely, um, but people were really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, each time it, that kind of thing happened, like it stretched us, mm-hmm. you know. And, and we just kept growing. And uh, that's yeah. incredible. So happy ending. Like company took off from there, or did it no, dip back there's, down? There's still there. There's a lot of seasonality actually, yeah. which um, is always challenging too for an entrepreneur. Is you know, and I've had to learn this the hard way. Is I would make assumptions and projections based on the holidays. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden by February, March, April, you're like, whoa, where'd everybody go? Like, yeah. yeah. And so um, as an entrepreneur, definitely understand cyclical, you know, seasonality in the business. Now, uh, without disclosing numbers, I know you guys are in the multi, multi-million dollar range now in revenue, which is really exciting. Yeah. Um, and it shows that you can take any idea to any great you know, heights that you want to, because at the end of the day, this is a bracelet. Once again, if people have not seen it, on a string, literally on a string with a washer, and you know, you chisel a, a word in there, and that leads me to my next question. So many entrepreneurs have trouble pricing their products or asking their true value mm-hmm. for their products or their services. You're charging twenty five to thirty five dollars for this. Talk to me about charging twenty five to thirty five dollars for a string and a washer. Yeah, I mean, if you think about. We we have healthy margins, but not like crazy margins. When you look at the grand picture, mm-hmm. and when you look at overall, what we have to understand as entrepreneurs is your cost of acquisition mm-hmm. could be really huge, and our cost of acquisition is really big because what we have to do is we have to interrupt someone in the middle of the day on their you know Instagram feed or Facebook mm-hmm. and get them to pause, get them to reflect, to want to um, think about their word, and then come and place an order. Yeah, and that's very expensive. So. When you look at a whole business, um, you can't just look at the actual material. Like if you think about Starbucks, right? The real estate cost is probably really high. Mm-hmm. Like if you just look at the actual cost of the coffee bean, it's like nothing. Yeah. But once you look at the management, once you look at the interior design, like you look at the whole thing because you're creating a whole experience for people. Um, you add all that up, and then it ends up being pretty expensive. But the way we think about it is, you know, we want this to be something that's very affordable mm-hmm. and at between a twenty to thirty-five dollar price range, it's not like a. You know, there are other bracelets that are hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars, yeah. and we didn't want to go there because that's something that ends up being able to be afforded by a lot less people. Yeah. And this is something, yeah, twenty bucks is like not that big of a deal. No, I would totally agree. I mean, I like my bracelet that says abundance more than I do some of my watches that are thousands of dollars. We've had crazy stories. Um, a couple of uh, weeks ago, we featured Scooter Braun. Yeah, and he told a story. Um, his wife actually told me he's like, "You have no idea what happened." They were in Las Vegas. And they were rushing to the airport. 
And then halfway through, you know, halfway to the airport, um, he realizes he had left his watch and his bracelet yeah. uh, uh, at the hotel. So he has the car turn around back to the hotel. And then when he gets back, they're like, oh yeah, Mr. Braun, like, here's your watch. And he's like, no, I don't care about the watch. And the grand, this is like a probably yeah. $10,000 watch. Yeah. Um, he's like, where's the bracelet? And they're like, what, what bracelet? And it was in the garbage and they, no. he, he made him fish it out, wash it. And then he put it back on. Oh my gosh. Because it, um, because it, it means that much. Yeah. It says Jagger's dad. And that's his biggest oh. accomplishment is to be a great father. Yeah. And he got that out of the garbage. That's out incredible. Of, uh, Vegas Hotel. Yeah, that was one of the more memorable stories. I love that. I love stories like that. Okay, so now you've taken this and you've added a whole new layer. And that is a couple of years ago, you decided, hey, why not sell the whole kit? Yeah. Why not allow other people to do this from home or at their event or wherever they want to do to create these deep, more meaningful conversations? So catch us up to there. Why did you release the kit and what has it done for the company? We released the kit because that's always been the vision. Because the vision of the company was not to just sell bracelets. The vision of the company... Because if you think about selling the bracelet, I think I consider it, it's like you're providing people with fish. We want to provide people with the fishing rod. Mm, great analogy. Right? We want people to be able to create their own, like to, to kind of feed their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Right. And so with the kit, if you get the kit, you now have an easy excuse to engage everyone around you to help them figure out their word of intention, that one word that means the most. You're bringing clarity to those that are around you. You're building beautiful connections with every person that you interact with. And then you're building your own community. Mm-hmm. You're building your tribe. And so the kit to me was the only thing that really was worth doing. The bracelet was just um, how we got to the kit. Because sometimes yeah. it's hard. And that's the other thing as an entrepreneur. It's hard to necessarily always sell the full package right away. Because right. we needed all the infrastructure to get up to that point. Yeah. Um, and maybe we could have just started from the get-go to sell the kit. But I think we need a proof of concept and some momentum. And also... You know, more people, at least initially, want just the fish before they want the fishing rod. Uh, you know, at least in our case. Um, or for example, if you're selling coffee and coffee makers, like, you know, initially people just want to have a few sips of coffee yeah. and then they get like Nespresso. Yeah. They, they get want into that Nespresso it. before they buy the big machine. Yeah. Then they're like, okay, like you're used to it. Then you get the machine. And so sometimes it's like a one two punch. Yeah. It's like staggered. Gateway but, drug. But the vision, drug. Yeah. Was always the fishing rod. Okay. So this is a great lesson in abundance, though, um, because. Many people struggle with, well, I'm making so much money on my widgets right now, like insert whatever your product is. I'm making so much money on my widgets right now. I would never dare sell the actual widget making secret sauce. And that's exactly what you guys did. You said, hey, here, here's the kit. Go make as many of these things as you can. That's a demonstration of abundance. You know there's enough to go around and you're truly standing behind your intention, no pun intended, uh, with this company as opposed to saying, well, we're already making a few million dollars in sales with the bracelet, so I don't want to interrupt that. Yeah. I remember um, one of my favorite books I read when I was in college was called Radical Marketing. Mm-hmm. And one of the case studies was The Grateful Dead. And they were radical because they would allow people to record bootlegs yeah. and no one else would. This was back in the day when this was like a really big deal. But by doing so, they like fueled like a way more powerful community. Mm-hmm. And that always kind of stuck with me. And kind of the abundance mindset is just like, like, why not treat people well? Why, like, hoard, right? And why not just give away as much as you can't afford to? Because the, you'd rather have a smaller piece of a bigger pie. Mm-hmm. And it's worked out in your favor. I mean, I think it represents half your sales now, right? Half yeah, your over half. That's over half. That's incredible. So, there's such a beautiful lesson in that, um, at least for a lot of a lot of my listeners. Yeah. So, what's next for you guys? Um, more content mm-hmm. and more trainings. So, we want these makers who buy the kits to be better at engaging others in um, deeper conversations. Mm-hmm. 
and and be able to serve their community. And you know, I am giving away because I lead a lot of workshops, and sometimes I get paid a lot of like tens of thousands of dollars for these mm-hmm. workshops. I'm giving away all my script for it, yeah, because I want people to lead workshops in their own community. Because mm-hmm. if you think about yoga and its ability to have impact on people, it wasn't because there was one teacher that was going around teaching the world. It was you know a yoga teacher that taught a bunch of other teachers who then became trainers and then taught other teachers mm-hmm. and so on. And so for this technique or this process to have real impact on the world, we need a lot of people who are able to lead workshops and help others effectively find their word and, and do the work. Oh, I absolutely love that. I know that contribution is a really big part of your ethos. Um, you mentioned earlier clean water, you were passionate about it at the time. What are you passionate about right now that is being supported by your success with my intent? One of the big things right now um, is just investing myself, as, yeah. as selfish that is, but I want to make the point, I thought about this um, I can't remember where I heard this, but it was about you are just as deserving as all the other people you're trying to help. Oh, I love that. Right. And so just to make sure that you're part of the, the you know, I, I can't remember where I saw it, but I thought it was so beautiful. Just the idea that, you know, we all want to be giving, but don't forget to give to yourself yeah. as part of that. Maybe I heard it from you. I don't know where I heard it. Well, I mean, from. listen, it's so true because um, if you aren't giving to yourself, then you're going to run out of yeah. something to give somebody else. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's a, that's a beautiful thing. Because I feel like the healthier I am, the more energetic, you know, the better I feel, the more I'm able to show up better for other people. Yeah. I and couldn't so, agree more. Here's another question I wanted to ask you downstairs when we were chatting a little bit before this. Um, you're talking about some of the great jobs that this company now provides. What does it mean to you to create and provide really incredible jobs for people that may not have a great job that means a lot to them to go to? I mean, it's um, it, it feels great, and I want to take care of our people um, well that you know are on the company. But I actually have an interesting twist on this, which is maybe a little different from other companies. Which is I. To me, like the mission of the project is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And then I, and this might be a little controversial, but I, the way I think about it is like we always want to take care of people, we want to be fair to people. But in the end, like I think of myself as a steward of this mission. Yeah. And it's about finding the right people at the right time who can make this mission happen. And so, for example, like when people leave, like I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing because there could be a much bigger and better opportunity for them. Mm-hmm. Like while they're here, I want to make sure they're happy. I want to make sure they're um, in the right role. And if they're not, letting them go could be the best thing. It's like a relationship too, yeah. right? You don't want to be in a bad relationship no. um, just because you're like, oh, they won't find a better person, but you're not necessarily the best person for them anyway. Yeah. And if you believe in a true abundance mindset, there's enough jobs out there where um, just because you're not hiring them doesn't mean you know, there's not a better opportunity for that person. I love that. It's not controversial. It's smart. Everybody should think that way. Like, listen, if I add a couple tools to your tool belt while you work with me, yeah, I try to mentor and try to train, you know, and, and, and give them the best that, you know, opportunity possible and be fair and respectful of their time and talents and what they want to do with their lives. We've lost some really good employees that we loved like family to better opportunities that we couldn't provide in the moment. And I was happy for them. I loved it. We still hang out and stay in touch. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing to be that bridge for somebody between when they first find you, yeah. when grow with you, and then grow onto another opportunity. And being that bridge, that bridge is like a privilege. Absolutely. It's, it's so cool. I love it. Gener- we talk a lot about generosity and giving on this show, right? That's, that's one of my most important things in, in my ethos. What role has generosity played in your success? I mean, I've had so many opportunities that have been um, incredibly 
it's like one thing has led to the next. Being at Facebook and having a small, you know, amount of stock in that company has enabled me to do this project. Mm-hmm. I mean, this project is partly essentially funded by Facebook. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Mark. Yeah, seriously. So a lot of people have helped me. A lot of people have mentored me along the way. Like I remember having a sit down with Mark Victor Hansen. Yeah. He's wow. co-author of Chicken Soup for the yeah. Soul. And this is when I was still really is like, oh, this is the Mind 10 project, but not. And what's your word was kind of the smaller thing. And he's like, no, no, you really need to focus on that, like lead with what's your word. Mm -hmm. And so it's little advice, little, you know, I mean, it took him, you know, five seconds to say it, but it took his whole lifetime of wisdom that he's, you know, developed um, to be able to see that. And it's, you know, having mentors and then also being mentoring to other people, I think is a theme that's coming into my life. In a way, every single person that ever gets a kid or ever gets a bracelet, you're, you, have, you have this tiny role in mentoring them, right? Because yeah. you're guiding them towards choosing what is their word. And that word might get them through some really powerful times. I'm, I imagine you must get a lot of emails, uh, letters, testimonials of people where this very simple concept of a washer on a bracelet has changed your life. Is yeah. there one that stands out to you? Well, before I forget, I wanted to also mention by serving others and helping them find their word, I've learned so much. Ooh. Expand on that. I've just learned more like empathy. Like if if you want a practice in empathy, yeah. making bracelets for someone is beautiful because they're sharing with you what's really going on in their life. Yeah. And you absorb it and you're like, oh wow, this is actually how people are what they're actually going through. Uh, they share a little bits of wisdom. Um, one of my favorite stories is shared by um, this woman, Liza. She's married to Conan O'Brien, which mm-hmm. is uh, down the street. Um, she chose the word perhaps. It's mm-hmm. from the Japanese fable, um, you know, the farmer with the uh, the horse mm-hmm. uh, runs off into the field, comes back with more I horses. I love this story. Yep. Um, and then the neighbors were saying, uh, oh, oh, you're congrats. so lucky. Yeah. And then the farmer's like, perhaps, you know, uh, and then the... Well, the, the farmer's son runs, rides off with one of the wild horses, breaks his leg, and then yeah. the you know the neighbors say, "Oh, we're so sorry." And the farmer's like, "Well, perhaps." And the next day, the uh, the army comes and tries to recruit um, his son, and the neighbors congratulate him because um, of his broken, broken leg, leg can't go, couldn't go, and his life was ultimately spared because of it. Um, and then the neighbors are like, "Well, congrats." And so I hadn't heard that story before yeah. because I was in service of making her a bracelet. I got to hear that, and that actually. Uh, has been a powerful lesson for me. Mm. It's helped me manage the ups and downs of life because you know we all get emails every morning that either are a congrats or a oh shit. But actually, if you learn that, it, you don't know how it's going to turn out. Yeah, it just makes the waves um, a lot easier to manage. So you don't judge it in that moment. You don't know if it's a win or a loss in that moment. It's yeah. just perhaps. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And you ride with it, and you do your best, and you you know you do what you can. But one thing that stood out to me that you talked about much earlier in your story that I wanted to remind the listeners of was when we're speaking of generosity and stuff, this company really got its start, if you think about it, by you going and creating these bracelets at a charitable event, yeah. right? Because you got you made your first $2,500 towards charity yeah. at a charitable brunch in or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time you said, wait a minute, we could, we could sell these things. They yeah. have a value. Yeah. So it, it's just incredible. Like when you are doing things for others, when you are of service, it's when your breakthroughs, it's when your momentum, it's when your aha moments, it's when your blessings, it's when all that stuff is going to show up. Yeah. When people say like, what's my purpose? It's like, well, what's the need you're filling in the world? Like figure out a need, figure out something that you want to bring to the world that's different and then figure out how to make that happen. Mm, okay. I absolutely love that. So um, do you have a favorite moment? I asked you this question before outside of the perhaps one where somebody gave you a testimonial or, or wrote in saying, this bracelet has saved me or changed my life or done blank for me. Yeah. I've had... um I remember one of the first Instagram posts I saw, 
it was a photo of the bracelet with the word live on it. Mm-hmm. And then the quote was simple. It just said, as someone with suicidal thoughts, this is just a reminder that I've chosen to live. Mm. And that was within a couple months of launching our website. Wow. And I was like, damn, people are taking this really seriously. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. So what challenge do you face right now to get to the next level of sharing my intent? It's just doing the work. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just see it as just, you know, every day being just disciplined to actually do the work and to continue. Um, hopefully, you know, as good people want to get involved, we can continue scaling different aspects of the project. But cool. things are uh, things are generally good. Well, I love the fact that you allow people to get the kits and and you know go. They can go make their own money by punching these things out. They yeah, can have their we, own fundraising. Is a huge yeah. uh, part of yeah what people do with it. What what percentage of sales do you think really goes to fundraising? Meaning, I know you probably don't track this, but a lot of these people are getting these kits for their fundraisers. Yeah. Any, have you ever measured that? I've never um, measured it, but we have a, a Facebook group. It's called My Intent Makers. And in there, there's um, almost 10,000 makers and they're frequently posting photos of their events that they're doing. And we see fundraising as a big theme. Wow. So it's exciting to see all the different causes that they're raising money for. I love that. That trickle effect is amazing. All right. So here's a big question for you as we start to put a bow on this thing. What advice do you have to the entrepreneur out there that says, my product is too simple or already done or you know what if it doesn't work you know how we all second guess ourselves because we think our product might not be this epic life changing thing what advice do you have for them you never know what's on the other side of that mm-hmm. uh, so i i was pursuing a t-shirt company that led to this bracelet so um even if this product like this product may not whatever you're working on may not be the final thing yeah but just keep, you know, you work on it enough and then pay attention to what else is going on and what other ideas you have. And either your current product will take off or it might lead you to your next thing. Mm. But I think the important thing is just to keep going. So if I had two words for people, it's just to like keep going and be smart about it. You know, cause if you keep running into a dead end and things aren't working, mm. then you got to mix things up. I love that. But you got to keep going. You got to keep doing the work. Where can we get the bracelets and the kits? Uh, myintent.org. Myintent.org. We're going to make sure we put that in the show notes, all yeah. that stuff. Let's do something fun. I will buy. Um, a kit and give it away to somebody, but how should we do it? Should have them. I don't know how to. How do you usually engage with your listeners? Uh, typically on Instagram. Here's what we'll do. Uh, we will, when this episode comes out, they will have 24 hours. Right. So this is a good reason for people to go. Obviously, subscribe. So you're one of the first to listen to it. For everybody that shares this episode and tags both you and I in the first 24 hours. We'll randomly choose one winner and give them a kit. How's That's that? great. Yeah. And kits are amazing. like 150 bucks or something, aren't yeah. they? I love it. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. So here's the rules. If you're listening right now, in the first 24 hours that this episode is out, go ahead and share this on Instagram and tag both Chris and I. And we will so choose... At my intent. Yep. At my intent. And we will... Um, uh, and of course, I'm Chris W. Harder. And we will choose one lucky random winner to get a kit. Perfect. I love it. All right. Very last question. Give me a reason why people should be unapologetic about their pursuit of success. And and what's underneath that? Is that because they don't deserve it or they don't like... I'm why gonna, would someone I'm gonna apologize? I'm going to leave that up to you because we, li- we live in a culture yeah. where people are constantly playing small or apologizing for ruffling feathers or apologizing for you know some of the things they have to leave behind if they're going to pursue their dreams. Like There's a, a million different times that the entrepreneur right now finds themselves in a situation where they're apologizing for where they really want to go. Yeah. Well, I think it goes back to intention and in your definition of success. I think it's 
what is your definition of success? Because success could be a lot of money, it could be a lot of sales, or it could just be like really happy and being stress free. Yeah. Because you know, at this point in my life, I'm trading off making more money. Um, I'd rather have less money but less stress. Yeah. You know, like at a certain point, you make different trade offs depending on where you are. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to get quiet every now and then, understand what you really want versus what other people are telling you. Mm-hmm. Because I think what you really want is what you should go after. Mm-hmm. Just make sure it's what you really want versus. It's what you think you want, but that's only because other people are telling you or what you're seeing on Instagram or whatnot. So I think it's tuning into your own version of success, whatever that is. So good. Can you define your version of success right now? Um, healthy, you know, connected, um, growing, uh, serving. Mm, you know, I love that. Being of, being of use and uh, living on purpose. I love that. Chris, I can't thank you enough for being here. You're the best brother. Um, and by the way, if anyone's listening, not only go follow My Intent, also go check it out at myintent.org. But most importantly, if you have like a large um, event and you want to get a kit, or if you actually want to inquire about Chris coming and doing one of his workshops, he's done one for me and my mastermind members. And it was life changing for them. So I highly encourage you to reach out to him through myintent.org. Yeah, and we, I'm at Chris Pan on Instagram and we have a code, Harder. Oh, for that's right. Off. Yeah, that's so right. If you go to myintent.org, use the code Harder. And we'll make sure we put that in show notes. Yeah, so for anything you. that you buy, go ahead and use the discount code 30% off harder. And uh, we'll make sure that we get you a discount on either your kits or your yeah. bracelets. And, and send me any feedback. I'd love to hear, you know, DM me on Instagram, like what worked, what didn't work or LinkedIn, either of those. I love that. Yeah, All thank right. You. My man, I can't thank you enough. Appreciate I appreciate it. you. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.